on 106 to 108 FM and Newstalk.com. This this is Newstalk. And we'll begin with the Irish Independent. There's going to be a grocery war in our supermarkets. Households are set to get some relief from soaring grocery prices because a supermarket price war is moving up a gear. Tesco is cutting the cost of hundreds of products. Other retailers say they're also reviewing their prices. Now, I I did my food shopping yesterday. It certainly doesn't feel like the prices have come down yet, but we'll see what happens. Tesco is reducing prices by an average of 10% across more than 700 products, and the move is expected to force a response from your Lidl's, Aldi's, Dunn's, SuperValue, all the supermarkets here. Um, And this is a stepping up on recent cuts to the price of bread, butter and milk announced by the main chains. So I don't think you'll hear any consumers jumping up and down about this. Maybe farmers mightn't be too happy, though, if prices are cut. Could they be the ones who are impacted by it? But that's on the front of the Irish Independent. On the front of the Irish Examiner, staying with retail, uh, pharmacies, a lot of pharmacies open late night, but pharmacies are increasingly ending their late night services and are reducing weekend opening hours. And apparently this is due to the financial pressures they face, according to the Irish Pharmacy Union. Uh, I was in a pharmacy last night at 10pm and it was absolutely packed. So that one isn't suffering, but others are. Phelan's Pharmacy Chain, which has offered late night hours in Cork since 1991, is among those ending the late night service. They will still open every day, but they've reduced their opening hours. So they close. One of the branches is going to close at 7pm instead of 10pm which is obviously, particularly for parents, if you have a sick child, it is very handy uh, for one of them to pop out to a pharmacy at night and get something. But if they're going to start shutting their doors early, that'll be quite difficult. Uh, And a lot of consumers apparently coming in looking for antibiotics late at night. Um, So there's an interview with some pharmacy owners there in the Irish Examiner, essentially reducing their late night opening hours. The Irish Times has more on the news that the state is going to pay one and a half million euro to a European relocation system because the Republic doesn't have the space to accommodate an additional 350 international protection applicants. So we uh, kind of signed up to this voluntary scheme with the EU that we take in 350 asylum seekers. We're not able to do it. Cabinet meets today and they're going to have to pay one and a half million euro because we're not able to house these extra refugees. Also on the front of the Irish Times, you may remember a bit of a drama about the Weston Hotel in Dublin. They were going to rename the hotel the Westmoreland, but now they've had a change of heart because it was pointed out that the proposed new name, the Westmoreland, was associated with a defender of the slave trade. So now the Weston in Dublin is going to be called the College Green Hotel instead, following what they say is feedback from patrons and others about the rebranding of the business. We'll have more on that on News Talk Breakfast this morning. The Irish Daily Mail get the airport car park sorted minister pressures building on Transport Minister Eamon Ryan to intervene and free up 6,500 car parking spaces near Dublin Airport. 
That's because they're not being used at the moment because the site is being sold. The DAA wants to purchase the car park, but the sale uh, has been held up due to an investigation. And now there are calls on Minister Eamon Ryan to try and speed up the process to try and find a solution to that. The papers, some of the tabloids go with Jerry Hutch uh, looking for his costs. Uh, the Irish Daily Star, Jerry takes a hit and the headline of the morning has to go to the Irish Sun on the front page. Uh, I'm sure they're up late thinking of this one. Hutch ado amount nothing. Jerry Hutch must stump up a six-figure bill from his own legal costs at the Regency Hotel trial. Uh, although he was cleared of killing David Byrne, Miss Justice Tara Burns said the monk had engaged in serious criminal conduct after the 2016 attack. The other tabloid I have to hand is the Irish Daily Mirror, which goes with a different story on the front page. Corrie Julie's dementia heartache. This is Corrie legend Julie Goodyear. Uh, Beth Lynch, who has dementia, her husband has revealed. Scott Brand told how his darling wife faces a difficult future. Her condition will get speedily worse, he says. And it was interesting, the reason why they revealed this diagnosis is that Julie Goodyear, as Beth Lynch, is so well known and apparently people always come up to her looking to speak to her and looking for selfies and apparently she loves meeting fans but her husband was worried that people would come up to her and maybe get concerned about her. So he wanted to just get the news out there. So that's uh, sad news on the front of the Irish Daily Mirror. Now, inside the papers, the Irish Independent talks about Michael Fitzmaurice and his plans for a possible political party. Uh, I thought it wasn't a party, but maybe it is a party. Kind of confusing. The news today is that Michael Fitzmaurice is drawing up a policy platform for a new political party to represent rural Ireland. He's going to have discussion documents drawn up within six weeks, talking about things like health, agriculture and transport. And he is in discussions with 25 councillors around the country about setting up this political movement, this political party. Apparently the councillors are from across the political spectrum but it's all about representing rural Ireland and any time you hear people from rural Ireland speak they a lot of them feel that they're under attack the whole time by the government by civil servants in Dublin or whatever so uh, certainly Michael Fitzmaurice feels that there is demand there for some sort of movement for rural Ireland so six weeks time we'll know what the plan is for this new political party staying with the Irish Independent uh, they talk about loneliness in case you didn't hear this big study quite depressing Ireland has the highest level of loneliness in all of Europe a survey looking at 20,000 people at the end of last year found that uh, on average 13% of respondents reported feeling lonely most or all of the time. Uh, 35% reported being lonely at least some of the time. But in Ireland, 20% of respondents reported feeling lonely. Luxembourg, Bulgaria and Greece followed, while the lowest levels were noted in the Netherlands, Czech Republic, Croatia and Austria there. And it's also mixed on whether men or women are more likely to be lonely. Women are more likely to be lonely, but when looking at gender differences by age, these differences are not statistically significant. So we're going to have to look at loneliness in Ireland. Why is it such a big issue? And why is it that people in the Netherlands, Czech Republic, etc., 
definitely aren't as lonely as people in Ireland. That's in the Irish Independent. Now, in the Telegraph today, if you're a cyclist, you'll be interested in this. Obviously, all of the advice is that you wear your safety gear, you wear your helmet when you're out on your bike. But if you wear your helmet, you're seen as less human by drivers. Research carried out in Australia looked into the impact of cycle safety gear on a driver's view of a cyclist and they found that when drivers see a cyclist with a helmet on, they see that cyclist as less human. Uh, Also, cyclists wearing safety vests were seen as the least human. I don't really understand why. Apparently it's to do uh, dehumanisation um, and obviously as well the problem with not looking human to drivers is that you might be the subject of some hostile or aggressive behaviour. Uh, so the Australian researchers are going to go off and do more. Jeremy Vine, who's a well-known journalist and cyclist, has said that the findings are shocking. He's famed for cycling while wearing a mounted camera and sharing videos online of incidents with drivers he's had while cycling. He certainly feels a lot of aggression. Would be interesting if you're a cyclist, do you notice a lot of aggression? And particularly if you've the helmet on, is there something about having the helmet on that people feel you are less human. You can WhatsApp us 87 106 Final story comes from the Daily Mail. Rod Stewart is selling his house and when you talk about grandeur here, he has nine bedrooms, a swimming pool and his own soccer pitch. Rod Stewart is bidding to say farewell to his luxury mansion in LA and it's on the market for $65 million. He bought it for 12 million and then did it up, now looking for 65 million. It's decorated with marble surfaces, wood panelling, chandeliers. It has two gyms, a cinema room and a three-storey guest house. It's been compared to a French chateau and the main house opens onto a grand foyer with two staircases because one isn't enough. Also has a balcony and the house includes a bar, a five-car garage, a 20-seat dining room as well as a wine room, a walk-in shoe closet and a five-a-side soccer pitch in the grounds. And I think I heard somewhere else that he has a mini train station uh, in the house as well. So if you've a spare 65 million, then you can buy Rod Stewart's house. Now, those are the stories making the headlines. On 106 to 108 FM and Newstalk.com. This, this is Newstalk.